Hey, how many of you resonate with the words of that song? Anybody? I'm like, right? I'm like, man, I just resonate with that because I just there are days where I don't want to do anything. I just I feel lazy. Uh, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want any responsibilities. And 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 while I may that may feel that way at times, the reality is I do that really poorly. I don't know if you do, but I don't do that very well. Uh, I have so many responsibilities that I say yes to so many things that I have very little time to do nothing. Um, yet that's what I want to do. And when I do that. What do I feel? Bad, right? Because of all the stuff I should be doing. It's really a catch-22 because I want to do nothing. But when I do, I feel bad. Our culture is kind of obsessed with doing and because uh, and, it's like you got to be productive. you got to be a productive member of society. Well, here is what we're going to find today. Um, God loves it when we have periods of time where we're not productive. God loves it where we don't do anything, when, when, when we rest, when we have margin in our lives. God loves leisure. That is where we're going today. God loves leisure. He loves it when we take a break from activity. Um, it's so important to him and so important for us that we are spending a whole day. And we're talking about leisure, believe it or not. And you might be sitting there going, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. No, it's very spiritual, actually. Um, and that's what we're going to find out today. It's very important to God. Therefore, it's important to us. And so I'm really hoping that at the end of the day, um, you know, we might just live out that song just a little bit. Um, so let me pray for us before we jump in. Um, Father, I thank you for a day like today um, to just come and be still for an hour and receive. Um, God, I pray that you would... Um, just fill our hearts and our minds over the next little bit um, just with your truth. Um, reveal your uh, way of living to us, God, a way that will allow us to be the best version of ourselves, the, the, the version that you created when you dreamed us up. Um, God, help us to see how to do that today and how to live our best lives. Um, God, that's what you're all about. And so, God, I pray that you would um, speak to each one of us um, with the important words that you have for us today so that we, we might walk out of here different. In your holy name, amen. <clears throat> So I want to I want to start out by talking about pace of life. Um, I found an article by a guy named Jay Wall Jasper on this, and just see if you can relate. Um, this is what he writes. He says, "More and more, it feels like our lives have turned into a grueling race toward a finish line we never reach. No matter how fast we go, no matter how many comforts we forego in order to quicken our pace, there never seems to be enough time." It wasn't supposed to turn out this way. As a kid in the 1960s, I remember hearing that one of the biggest challenges of the future would be what to do with all our time. That was the biggest challenge we were going to have. Because of amazing inventions, we're going to free up great stretches of our days for what really matters, family, friends, and fun. But just the opposite has happened. We've witnessed a proliferation of dazzling, time-saving innovations, jet travel, personal computers, FedEx, cell phones, microwaves, drive through restaurants, the World Wide Web, everything available at the touch of a button, smartphones, online shopping, Amazon, and DVRs. Yet the pace of life has been cranked to a level that ha would have been unimaginable three decades ago. We've become all about speed. The faster, the better. Revving up the speed, in fact, is often heralded as the answer to problems caused by our overly busy lives. Swamped by the accelerating pace of work? Get a computer that's faster. Feel like your life is spinning out of control? Increase your efficiency by learning to read faster and type faster. 
No time to enjoy life? Purchase any number of products advertised that promise to help you make meals faster, exercise faster, and finish all your time-consuming errands faster. Yet, as we have quickened the pace of life, we've only become less patient. We've become more organized, but less spontaneous, less joyful. We are better prepared to act on the future, but less able to enjoy the present and reflect on the past. Anybody resonate with that? Anybody going, man, gosh, that's, that's, that's for me. Um, in the U.S., we have more stress and more stress-related illnesses than ever in history. In fact, there's one study that says 75 to 90% of, of doctor visits are stress-related. Stress-related illnesses and problems because we're living at this speed that causes stress in our life. Um, in, in a time where we're more prosperous than ever. We're more prosperous than ever, but we're more happy, uh, unhappy than ever. And it's the rhythm of our lives. The rhythm of our lives seems to speed up year over year. Because when we're not at work, there's work at home, right? Like we've now brought it home because we're all wired all the time. We push ourselves and strive. We do more, more, more. Um, when we're not working at work or at home, um, there's so much to do in an area like this, like where we live. Um, you, you, you can be tied up every day of the week doing kids sports, two basketball seasons, travel ball, football, lacrosse, soccer, volleyball, dance, gymnastics. You have school-related activities. You have the parks, the lakes, the beaches. There's busyness here that's year-round, unlike other places I've lived. I lived in Michigan for 18 years, um, a way better state than Ohio for sure. Um, but uh, I know, right? They just kind of kicked our butt yesterday. Uh, I got to give you props. Um, it, partly just because of where you live. Sorry where you're from. Um, so I wanna, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, but it's like in Michigan, they have this stuff called snow, and uh, when it falls from the sky, it's white, and when it falls from the sky in lots of, 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 uh, of inches, you're really stuck inside for days at a time. It kind of forces you inside, but here, um, it is year-round. You are outdoors. You are doing stuff. There's always something to do. Um, it's shocking how fast-paced we live. Even with young kids, man, it's like our kids are like flailing behind us as we're running to the next thing. Um, you know, and I live this way. Uh, you know, the, what I'm reading in that song, it's like I, I feel like doing anything, nothing, but I am always doing something this fall. Um, I got myself into a rhythm that was just unhealthy. Uh, you know, I, I, I had committed to coaching the golf team at West Orange High School, uh, which was four days a week. Um, I was leading Edge, our high school, and overseeing Breakaway while we were in the interim before we hired our awesome Stephen Navarro, who is our new student ministries pastor. He's awesome, but I was kind of picking picking that up. Um, I was speaking to the West Orange football team on Thursdays, doing a little chapel for them. I was dealing with our 246 building on a regular basis, which is going to be opening in about a month. Um, and then on top of all that, the Orlando Magic season started up, which I've got to be at every home game. I'm the chaplain for the Orlando Magic. So now I've got, I've got evening commitments every time there's a home game, which in basketball, there's 41 home games over the course of four months. And so uh, there was one week um, earlier this fall that I spoke five times in front of five different groups before Sunday. And every time you speak, it just takes a little bit of energy. And by the end of the week, I was just so wiped out. And that is not even including being a dad and being home and available for my family um, and being engaged on that front. And it feels like for me, sometimes I am more of a human doing than a human being, you know, because I'm just doing so much stuff that I'm not being anything because I'm running to the next thing. So some of us in this room, we need help getting back control of our life. And, and that really is what today um, is about because God um, has help for us with something that he loves. And it's called leisure, which is free time 
from work or duties. It's free time from work or duties. And yes, I said duties twice because it's just fun to say. Um, there is, there's nothing wrong with work. God made us to be fruitful, to produce in our lives, but there's a limit to the pace at which we can run. And so I want to introduce you to the concept of life rhythm. Because the rhythm many of us are living our lives at right now um, are unhealthy, um, it's unsustainable, um, and what you find in God's word is he actually gives us a rhythm to live according to. And I'm going to give that to you today. Um, and that rhythm that God gives us includes something that is uh, very important to all musicians. All musicians know this, this symbol very, very well. It shows up on sheet music, and I'm going to show it to you and have you tell me what it is. So here's a symbol. What is that called? It's called a rest. It's a half rest. And then this other one, um, if you move it to the top, that is a whole rest. Um, for a sustainable rhythm in your life, we need to place a high, high value on rest, times where we aren't doing anything. And just to illustrate how important this is, I want to use music as an example. Now, a lot of you don't know this, but for 10 years of my life, I actually played in a band. I was a drummer and a backup singer, and we played all over the United States. We recorded five albums, all indie stuff. It feels like another lifetime. It was so long ago, but I absolutely loved it. It was a, a blast of a time in my life. Um, and so for you musicians out there, you, you know this, but for, for those of you that might not, for music to work, um, you have to have my favorite section of the band. And uh, it, with me just telling you what it, what it is, what is my favorite section of the band? Rhythm. The rhythm section, right? It's the rhythm section. Now, uh, what are the two instruments in the rhythm section? Bass and drums. Whoever that is, I love you. Like, hug me after the service. Um, you, you get this. Um, but they lay down the beat, right? That's the rhythm section. And so I want to just illustrate rhythm and rest for you. And so I want to invite Dylan out here. Um, Dylan, come on out. He's our drummer for today. Can you give him a hand? Um, great job, Dylan. Thank you for being here. Um, and I just want to tell you about Dylan. Um, I love Dylan and I hate Dylan. Um, I love Dylan because um, he's just a great dude. Um, I hate Dylan because he has more talent um, in his pinky at playing the drums than I have in all three quarters of my body. Like he's just that good at, uh, at, at playing the drums. Um, but, but, but here's what's interesting about music. Um, as important as the notes you hit in music are the notes you don't hit. As important as the notes you hit in music are the notes you don't. And so what I want, I've asked Dylan to do is I want him to just play for us um, a drum beat with no rests in it. Because rests are so important to creating music. You have to have them because it's the parts where you're not, hit, not hitting anything or not, not hitting a note. So I want Dylan um, to play for us just a beat with no rests in it. Just go for it. There we go. Now, can you guys hear me? You guys hear me okay? Okay. This is how some of us live our lives, right? Like, this is your life. And you might have been like this since September. Maybe it started a month or a week ago. Maybe it started in January. I don't know. But this is what some of us do, and this is how I was living part of this fall. You guys want to see how long you can do this? All right, go ahead. You cut it off, man. Now, uh, give a hand. That was great. Now, um, Dylan, at the pace you were just playing at, how long can you play that for? 
12 to 15 minutes. That's like way longer than I thought he would say. Like he did that to me first service. I'm like, two to three minutes. He's like, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, man, you're really good. So, but, but if he does that for 12 to 15 minutes, he will literally fall off the back of the drum riser. Like his arms will fall off. Like we'll have to put him back together because he's just, there's no rest in there. It's just constant motion. But here's what's really cool about music. When you add rests into music, especially in the drums, you can kind of start to groove on the beat and the rhythm that's laid down. So Dylan, why don't you go ahead and give me a beat? Just give me a good groove beat with some good rests in there. That's just laid back, and this is what I want you to do with me. Just nod your head like this. Just kind of get going a little bit. I don't see everybody's head moving. Come on, people. Like, a little bit of participation here. This is just what it is. Even you dudes in the back, like, I'm not doing anything. Come on. Just a little bit of movement. Because when you get a little rest in the music, suddenly you've got a groove. You can move a little bit, too. So, Dylan, now let's, let's do another one. I want you to change around the rests a little bit. And uh, give me another beat. All right? This one's a little bit different, but it's got rest in there. A little bit different head bob, but see, it's the, it's the rest that actually make the groove in the music. All right, Dylan, give me one more. Let, let's switch around the rest and give me one more beat. Oh, see, that's good. That's just like, hmm. All right, this is not a head bob. This is a head moving forward. Come on. Like you just got to feel it. Can you feel that? It's just kind of like, hmm, kind of makes you want to move. Now, this is only half the rhythm section. So I want to bring out the other half of the rhythm section. Uh, welcome Gus out here. Gus plays the bass. He's going to help us out a little bit here. Because when the refs are in the right place, music starts to happen. So go ahead and just give me a, give me a bass line. Yeah, you got it. Come on, little side to side. Just move with it. Groove with it. Because I'm telling you, when you have a rhythm section with reps in the right place, man, it just moves your life in a different way. Eases the tension. Just gives you a little bit of bounce in your step. Because there's rest that makes music happen. And so here's what I want to say. These guys, they can play this all day long. They won't get tired of playing this. In fact, they'll have all kind of little things they'll do to it. I bet they can put hours in just with this because there's rest. In fact, you know what they say? When rests are in the right place and you, and you work out to music, you can actually work out longer when you're working out to music because there's a rhythm to it. When you run, if you're a runner, if you run and you synchronize your steps to the beat in the music, you know you, uh, you process oxygen better in your body. You can actually run longer just by running to a rhythm that's set by music. Do you guys hear this? This is your life with rest, right? Kind of enjoy it, a little laid back. You just kind of sit here and grooving a little bit. You can live this way. A little pep in your step. A little skip in your jump, right? I just like this. I want them to keep playing. This is just cool. There you go. Now, hey, you guys, go ahead. You guys go ahead and stop. Let's give these guys a hand, man. I love that. Thank you, Gus. Thank you, Dylan. You guys are fun, man. Well, here's, here's what you find when you get into Scripture. 
God gives us his rhythm. God gives us the rhythm that he designed us to live according to and to live our best lives. Um, and it centers around a word which we don't use in our vocabulary very much, and that is the Sabbath. We don't say Sabbath in our culture very much. We, we kind of know what it is. It's a churchy term, but it really just means a day of rest. It's, it's out of the seven days a week, designating one day as a day of rest and dedicating it to God. God tells us, observe the Sabbath, set aside the Sabbath, rest on the Sabbath, connect with me on the Sabbath. And so we find this in Genesis 1. We have the seven-day creation story where God created the, the, the universe, the earth, and man in six days. On the sixth day, he created Adam and Eve. He sets them in the garden and then gives them instructions on caring for the animals and the plants in the garden. He told them how to take care of all the animals, except for cats, because he didn't create cats. Satan broke in the shop and made cats. So he didn't give them instruction on cats, but he gave them instructions on all the other animals. Um, and he tells them, he's like, I want you to be in the garden. I want you to be fruitful, um, which is to go work the land and to multiply. So be fruitful and multiply, to which Adam, being a guy, looks around and says, honey, I think we need to be obedient to God a lot. Like we obey, like right now. Um, okay, that was a joke to me. I always enjoy that. Um, I'll laugh. Um, and so in Genesis 2-1, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation and he rested from his work. So here's what you got to see in this story. God created man on the sixth day. And after he gave the gift of life to them, you know what he did? He said, he said ready, set, stop, and rest. Think about it. On the seventh day, man's first day on earth was a day of rest. God mandated a rest for, rest for mankind called the Sabbath. And here we find God setting up an important principle to life rhythm, and it's this. We are designed by God to work from rest, not rest from work. God wants us to work from our rest. First day of mankind, rest, and then get to work. So we work from our rest, not the other way around. We have it flipped around. It's very subtle, but it's super important. Because so many of us, what do we do? We work, 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 and then we fall into bed exhausted. We do, 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 and then we are forced to rest because we get sick or we are, we, we are sick of people and we just we get, get work to the bone. And the last thing we want to do is do anything, and we are forced into rest. And so what God does is he flips our work-rest rhythm on its head, and he says, look, I want you to work from your rest. I want you to rest first and then work. Rest so well that you're ready to work, not work so hard that you're forced to rest. Now, not only did God model this for us by resting on the seventh day, but he also um, mandated it for us in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, um, where God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. It's a day to connect with God. And he knows our propensity to fill up our days with all kinds of stuff and work our way around this principle of a whole day off. Um, and so he gets super detailed about it. This is really fascinating. He's like, on it, you shall not do any work. So he starts defining the Sabbath. You shall not do any work, um, neither you 
nor your son or daughter. Like you can't even put your kids to work. And it's like for those of you with kids, when they get old enough, you have minions, right? They do the work um, if you can get them to. So he says, not even them. You can't put your minions to work, your son, daughter, not your male or female servant, anyone that works on your property. You can't put them to work, nor your animals. You can't even work your donkey on this day, um, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Meaning this, there is a blessing on a day that you take a Sabbath. There's a blessing for you on that day. And not only is there a blessing for you, but it is holy. It's a holy day. God, in his instruction manual for life, you want to know what the Bible is? It's God's instruction manual for life. It tells us who God is. It tells us who we are. And it tells us how to live life the way that God intended and how to become the best version of you that there could possibly be by reading this book. In this book, God says there's a rhythm that I want you to live by. It's in, I'm putting it in my Ten Commandments, my top ten ways to live and, and, to, and to, to operate your life. And he says oh, you have to have a whole day. Or you rest, and I want that day to be the first day, not the last day of your week. I want to be that you start the week with rest and then work from that rest. And he says that because there's consequences um, of having no rests or margin in your life. Um, and, you know, when margins shrink in your life, when margins shrink, when you don't rest, here's what happens. The first thing that happens when you don't rest, you have no margin, um, stress expands. When margin shrinks, stress expands. If you're a stressed person, chances are it's because you lack margin. I would put a high percentage of you that are stressed in your life. It's because you don't have margin. You don't have the space to function normally. Um, along with stress expanding, joy evaporates when we're stressed, when there's no margin, when we, when we, are, uh, when we're not, when we don't have space in our schedule. Um, joy evaporates. Why? Because it takes time to put joy into your life. Um, oftentimes, it's free time. That fills us with joy. Um, not only does stress expand and joy evaporate, but our relationships suffer. And I'll just tell you this. If you are married to someone that doesn't have a lot of margin, um, you don't ever feel like you have their full attention, do you? You never feel like you have their full attention if you're married to somebody that has no margin. And I just speak as someone that at times in my life, I have no margin. Where my wife is the one saying, I don't feel like you're here. And she's right. And I'm like, I'm trying so hard to get here, but there's so much going on and I've got so little margin that it's, it's, it's effort to get there. That's what happens to people that live with no margin. Busy, busyness is the enemy of intimacy. Just so you know, you want to you wanna lose intimacy in your life? Get busy. Not busy, busy, like busy, like a lot of stuff in your schedule, okay? Um, that is interesting. Never mind. I'm going to let that go. Um, but when, you're, when you have no margin, you can't nurture as a parent. When you have no margin, you can't listen. It'll squeeze every relational, uh, everything relationally out of your life, your relationship with each other, your, with your family, um, and most importantly with your heavenly father, uh, depends on your ability to create rest and margin. And if you aren't creating rest and margin in your life, um, then, then there will not be much time there for you to have good relationships with friends and family and, and ultimately with, with God. And I'll just tell you, when I ask people how they're doing spiritually, and um, we get into talking about just spiritual disciplines, which, you know, our prayer and spending time with God and listening for his voice and, and uh, connecting with him through music. Uh, you know, and I ask people, how are you doing on that? And, and they say, oh, man, I, I just haven't read my Bible in a while. I haven't connected. You know, I haven't, don't, I haven't been praying very much. Uh, what's the number one reason they give me for why they're not doing that? Yeah, too busy. I'm too busy. I, I don't have time. I don't have time. I just, I just don't have time. And, and really the answer is I haven't taken the time. But we get so busy we feel like we're out of control. Like we don't control our schedule anymore. Our schedule controls us. 
So I want to give you two different rhythms you can live by, man's rhythm and God's rhythm. And these are incredibly different rhythms. And here's man's rhythm. Man's rhythm is 24-7, 365. That is man's rhythm. It's go, go, go. It's always busy, always doing something. Don't let, don't let life pass you by. That's the rhythm. It's a rhythm where your stress expands, your joy evaporates, and your relationships suffer. Thankfully, God comes in. He says, I have a different rhythm that if you'll live by, your life will be different. And here's God's rhythm. It's one, six. It's just simple. It's one, six, one day of rest, and then six days of work out of that. If you want to live a sustainable rhythm, a godly rhythm that will lead, breathe life into you, it requires a day of rest, a day of leisure, aside from the other six days of the week. One day that you hold apart as holy and connect with God. You literally need it. In fact, Jesus says in Mark 2, verse 27, that then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was actually made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Your Heavenly Father, he created the Sabbath because you have a need, whether you know it or not. His intention is that you need a day to recharge and replenish. And just in case you think this means vegging out and doing nothing, um, uh, I want to give you two sides to God's idea of leisure or Sabbath. Two sides to the idea of leisure. Um, One side is the second definition of leisure, which I didn't read at the beginning. Um, According to Webster's, it's the use of free time for enjoyment. It's the use of free time for enjoyment, which includes leisure activities. See? Leisure activities. Like there's a name for being active when you're taking leisure um, from work. Because some of us, we call leisure rest. Others of us call leisure play, right? We like to play when we're taking a break. So really, the idea of, of a day of rest, of leisure, is doing whatever fills you up, whatever gives you back energy, whatever fills your soul. So for some of you, it's going to be being quiet and read the book. Those of you that might be introverts, you're filled up by time alone and you just need to go away, shut the door and read a book and be quiet and alone. For some of you, uh, it might be getting pulled behind a boat really, really fast. Um, that's, that's, that's leisure to you. Um, we've been boat owners for the last five years and it amazes me every time I'm out there. It's so restful to me sometimes on Monday. So, uh, just so you know, it doesn't have to be Sundays. Mondays are my, uh, Sabbath because I work on the weekends. On Monday, sometimes just Melissa and I will go out in the boat, and we will go out in the middle of one of the lakes uh, on the chain there in, in Windermere, and, uh, and we will just stop the engine and just float, and she will usually bring along a book and read, and, and we are just there together, and it is like the world, uh, the worries of the world melt away for me when I'm on the lake. That's kind of my, one of my things. Um, I don't know what it is for you. It could be going to the beach, taking long walks, or, or running. It could be sleeping in or napping. It could be spending free time with no obligations with your friends. Um, it could be playing games. Um, some people, leisure is playing games that fills them up. Uh, I mean, it, it works for our family to do that. Uh, we had family night this last week. Uh, we were in the process of letting the entire week go by without really doing anything as a whole family because we were going in so many directions. And we're losers. I, I'm a loser. Um, not our family. I'm just like, man, oh, man. I'm like, gosh, as I'm talking, I'm like, we weren't even going to take a break in our vacation uh, week to really spend time together. And so my wife is like, we got to go do something as a family. Like, we're, we can't let this week go by without doing that. And so uh, we came up with this idea uh, to have like a family night. And so we went out to Orange County National. They got a big green out there. And uh, we're six of us. So we got four kids. And so we, we split up into three teams of two. And we just had a putting competition. And the losers 
had to serve ice cream to the other four at the end of the night when we got back home. And man, we went out there for an hour. We, we played all the way till dark and we laughed with each other. We laughed at each other. Um, we, we had a ball together. We were competitive. We got mad at each other. You know, the whole thing that families do. Um, but we had a blast. Then from there, we went to um, we went to this sushi place on Tilden Road because they had sushi happy hour, which is awesome. Everything's half price. And then uh, from there, we went home and we had ice cream and watched a movie. And my kids throughout the night just said, this was so much fun. I'm so glad. Great idea. You know, and I'm like, well, it wasn't mine. It was Melissa's. I was like the loser that was going to let the week get, get away. And she's like, we got to do this. And it was great. It filled us up as a family. God loves it when we play. He's happy to see his children have fun. When we have margin and we engage in leisure activities, it creates space for joy to enter into the picture. Now, that's one side of Sabbath. The other side of Sabbath is taking time to connect with God. There's a story in Luke 10 about two sisters named Mary and Martha, and Jesus shows up, and they have very different experiences with Jesus showing up. In Luke 10, verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, she's like going, don't you care that like I'm working like a slave and my sister's just sitting on her can over there? Like, can't you do something about this? You're like God in the flesh. Say something and she'll be forced to do it. You know, she's like, get her moving. And then Jesus answers. He goes, Martha, Martha. I always say, Martha, Martha, Martha. That's the, I always hear that whenever I read this. Um, I just wrecked this for you too, didn't I? You're always going to when you read this. I said, what? Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. I love that. You are so worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. She had worked herself into this tizzy of activity and doing. But few things are needed, or indeed only one, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And this is what you need to realize. Jesus, God in the flesh, flesh showed up right in front of Martha in her home and she's so busy doing that she is missing out on being with Jesus. She's missing out on hearing his voice. She's missing out on connecting with him because she's distracted by all the preparations. And this is such a big deal. So many of you, I know you have, you have great hearts and you're connected with God and you want to know Jesus more. You want to know what God wants you to do. You want to hear his voice. You want to be fruitful from an eternal perspective. But in your choices, you're choosing to live like Martha right now. You are so busy doing activity that you're distracted by the busyness of your life. You're living with no margin. There's no rests. There's no rhythm. And you are missing out on the chance to sit at Jesus' feet and just listen. You're missing the opportunity. And because of that, you are worried and upset about many things. Because Mary chose the better thing. Martha chose being upset and worrying about many things. And Mary just said, I just want to sit at Jesus' feet and do what? Listen. That's what Mary was doing. She was sitting and listening. And so let me just ask you, those of you that know Jesus, those of you that are following Jesus, 
When is the last time you just sat at Jesus' feet and listened? When's the last time? When's the last time you had five minutes, half hour, an hour of just sitting at his feet and listening for his voice? So here's what we're going to do over the rest of the service. We are going to put this into practice, and we're going to connect with God. For the rest of our time together, that's what we're going to do. And, and um, to start with, I want you to listen to a song that reminds me of a verse in the Psalms. Um, you guys can come on out. Uh, that, says, that says this about God. Um, the psalmist is writing, and he says, Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your presence than a thousand elsewhere. And he's just valuing time with God. It's the value of running to God and being filled up by his Holy Spirit on a soul level, spending time with him in a quiet place. And, and while you listen to this song, we're going to receive our offering. So if you ushers want to come down, um, and I just want to say, uh, if you're new and visiting here, let the basket go by. Um, this part of our service isn't actually for you. Um, we're not interested in your, in your money. We are just thrilled that you're here to spend some time with us um, and pray that it's a blessing for you. Um, for those of you that call Kensington home, this is where we give back to God from what he's blessed us with. And we say, thank you, God, that I have margin, even in my finances, that I can, I can give and give generously to things that I'm passionate about and that you're passionate about. And I want to thank you for those of you that do that. Um, and so while we're doing that, I just want us to sit back and receive the words of this song and the value of having a place to just be with Jesus.